Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulullah. So inshallah, we were catching up from, from Surah Taha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the surah by addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Taha ma anzalna alayka al-Qur'ana li tashqa illa tathkiratan li man yakhsha. It's narrated that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lamma nazal alayhi al-Qur'ana sallallahu wa ashabuhu, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Qur'an was revealed upon him, he began performing salah once with his companions. And he made the qira'ah in the recitation quite long in his qiyam. المشركون, the mushrikun, they objected. They're always looking for different opportunities to object. They said, مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ إِلَّا لِيَشْقَى بِهِ Look, this Allah that they allege and claim, He has revealed this Qur'an on Muhammad wasallam to make his life difficult, to put him in hardship. Because the qiraat is very, very long. So these, this ayah was revealed on that occasion. The ayah is, I have not revealed the Qur'an upon you to make your life difficult, to put you in difficulty or hardship. This is a tathkira and a reminder for those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a revelation from the one who has created the earth and the skies and the high skies. And he is the Ar-Rahman He is the Rahman who is befitting his majesty. He is established on his throne. To him belongs the entire dominion and kingdom of whatever is in the heavens and the earth. Whatever is between the two. What is underneath them as well. If you speak loudly, of course he is aware of that. He knows the secret as well. And that which is hidden in your heart, you have not even shared with anyone. Allah is the one who has no one worthy worship besides him. He has the beautiful names. Thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he is telling us a detailed story of Musa alayhi salam, he starts off instead of just telling us the story, to increase our desire, he asks a question. Musa? Has the story of Musa reached you? So this type of uh, questioning is to create shawq and raghba and desire to hear the story. Do you know the story? And Musa alayhi story, with a few exceptions, comes in every juz of the Qur'an. And it is a very long story and many different chapters of it. The particular chapter that Allah Ta'ala speaks about here, is when Musa السلام, with his pregnant wife, his daughter of Shu'aib السلام, is returning back to Egypt. And it is a very cold night, a dark night, and they are lost. And uh, his wife is in pain, he is in pain. Then he sees a fire burning. He tells his wife that you uh, stay here. Um, I see a fire burning in the distance I will go there and I will bring one a piece of wood that is lighted to bring some fire for ourselves and also heat for us and light for us heat and light or perhaps I may find someone who has made that campfire who can guide us since we are lost here and he may be able to point us in the direction. There are no signposts, there are no, of course, no GPS, and there's no directions. And so 
Allah Ta'ala says that وَعَلَمَات By looking at the different mountains and the different landmarks and the different stars and constellations they would find their ways in the seas of the ocean water and also the desert which is pretty much like an ocean as well no habitation in both of them so he was looking for guidance guidance to find the road back to Egypt from Madian then when he came to that fire then he was very much in shock because it was a burning fire a bright fire uh, such a fire the light of which was very intense he had never seen such a light before so bright so much illumination and the fire that was burning it was a, in a green bush and the bush was bright vibrant green and it's, it's you know the combustion is burning is taking place but the green greenness is not going away it's still bright green and bright flames at the same time so he was looking at it thinking what in the world is going on <laughs> am I hallucinating here what's going on how is this happening he was so shocked by that sight he was still um, digesting that view and contemplating what in the world is going on then he heard a unseen voice that did not come from one direction came from all directions loud sound omnidirectional all sides Ya Musa inni ana rabbuk O Musa verily I am your Lord Take off your shoes Showing the adab when you're speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To take off our slippers And we quote this when we have like interfaith gatherings or non-Muslim tours Right? They come We say this is God spoke to Moses Told him to take off your slippers In the shoe racks Right? Take off your slippers. You verily you are in a very noble uh, and um, sanctified valley of Tua. And I have selected you to be my prophet. So listen attentively what is being revealed. Verily I am Allah speaking to you. La ilaha illa ana. There's no one worthy of worship but my but me. But I Fa'budni, so worship me, salah and establish salah for my remembrance. So the purpose of salah is mentioned here. Purpose of every ibadah is the remembrance of Allah. And um so every ibadah, zakat, sawm, hajj, salah, it is the purpose is dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the adhan is called, hasten to the dhikr of Allah. Establish salah for my remembrance. Inna sa'ata Verily the hour of the day of judgment is coming near. But I have hidden it. Akad ukhfiha. And what will happen on that day? Everyone will receive the compensation of what they have earned, whether good or bad. Jaza is a neutral term. It doesn't have a positive or negative connotation. That's why we should not, our scholars teach us that we should not uh, say it in uh, incomplete statement, which is very common when somebody does a kind favor to us and then we just say Jazakallah. Because it could be Jazakallah Sharran. It could also be Jazakallah Khairan. So, uh, if somebody hurts you, you could also say, somebody cursed you, somebody hurt, uh, um, 
did zulm or oppression on you, you could also say Jazakallah for that matter. Jazakallah sharran. May Allah give you the... See, jaza is what? Neutral. Jazakallah sharran and Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah sharran means may Allah give you that, that punishment that you deserve as a compensation. So jaza is just a compensation. Could be a reward, it could be uh, punishment. Thawab or iqab. First is hisab, then there's either thawab or iqab. So we should say Jazakallah khaira. We shouldn't just say Jazakallah. So what about Jazaks? <laughs> okay, so, so this, is, uh, this is not what the ulama's taught us. Ulama is already a plural word. Alim, ulama'u. So why are you have to adding an S? Boy becomes boys, girl is girls. So ulama is ulama's, right? So there's no, you don't need to add an S. It's a double. It's like the night of Laylatul Qadr. The night of? Laylatul Qadr. What is Layla? Night. Sabi Qadr Kirat. Okay. So, so that is all, we are, these are all unnecessary double words. In Farsi, they say, Garhar Shab Shabe Qadr Bude, Shabe Qadr Be Qadr Bude. If every night was Shabe Qadr, Laylatul Qadr. Shab means night already. If every night was Laylatul Qadr, Laylatul Qadr would have no Qadr. If every night was the Laylatul Qadr, then Laylatul Qadr would not have any Qadr. Qadr means value. Because every night, oh, it's just another Laylatul Qadr. Every night is Laylatul Qadr. That's not the case. It's only once in a year. And that also, you don't know. This is just like, Allah is hidden the Day of Judgment. Allah is hidden. There's the, the big Qiyamah is hidden and the shorter Qiyamah. There's a minor Qiyamah and a big Qiyamah. What, are, what is the minor Qiyamah? when we will die. When a man dies, his qiyamah is established. So that's a personal qiyamah. And the qiyamah for the whole world is also hidden. A lot of, there's a whole list of things that are hidden. The asma'ullah al-husna Allah has given us. But one of them is ismul a'zam. When he is invoked by that name, he will certainly respond. It's hidden. Layl al-Qadr is one night Khairun min alfi shahar, it's hidden. And what else is hidden? There's a sa'ah, there's one moment, one specific moment, Yom al Jum'ah, on the day of Friday. Whenever any person makes dua in that specific moment, Allah will accept the dua. When is that moment? It's hidden. Some say between the two khutbah, some say the few moments before the setting of the sun on Friday. Now, people have abandoned that habit, but in the mashayikh, they used to come like 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before Maghrib on Friday. And some from Asr till Maghrib. Every Friday in the, in the Sufuf, the people would be lined up in making such a dua that we don't even make in Iftar time. Or we don't even make in Suhoor time or Tajr time in Ramadan. They would be making when? Every Friday. We have seen such places where there is a specific... Have anyone seen that in their childhood? Back home, different places, people would come to the masjid the elders, hopefully some youngsters as well, that they would come to the masjid on Fridays before Maghrib and make long dua. Aapne dega? Yes. Asar to Maghrib, Fridays. Okay. Fridays they would do a lot of different things we don't do anymore. Fridays they would go to the graveyard to say salam to their parents. Huh? After Jummah, yes. That's another sunnah is gone. Another sunnah is the sunnah of coming early to Jummah. Sunnah of taking the ghusl and performing the Jummah with the same ghusl. Not the morning shower before you go to work. Specific ghusl for Jummah, coming early to Jummah, reciting Surah Kahf, 
then from Asr to Maghrib, visiting the graveyard, a lot of sun. Anyway, so these are all different things which are hidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why are they hidden? So that we strive to find them. Amongst many other benefits. Now if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us exactly, you know, you are going to die on this time, then a person will continue to sin and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will say that, you know, I'll make sure I make tawbah before the appointment of returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll go ahead and make tawbah at that later. So there's no reason for a person to prepare to meet Allah ta'ala at any given moment. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hidden it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ Muslimun. Make sure you do not die, but in a state you are a true Muslim. So the scholars say that, hey, hey we do not know when we're going to die. So why, why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, make sure you don't die, but in a state of true Islam, in submission, when we don't know that time? So the answer is, as it comes to the narration, كَمَا تَحْيُونَ تَمُوتُونَ The way you live, that is how you're going to die. وَكَمَا تَمُوتُونَ تُحْشَرُونَ The way you're going to die, that is the way how you will be resurrected يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ So we are been given a limited control over the present. So if you live as a true Muslim now, try your best to live as a true Muslim in the future, then we can hope to die as a true Muslim as well. Then Allah Ta'ala asked Musa alayhi salam, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى And O Musa alayhi salam, what do you have in your right hand? Allah Ta'ala, do you think he did not know what's in the right hand? He knows everything. But he is having this conversation with Musa alayhi salam for multiple purposes, amongst which is, he wanted to correct his aqidah and his yaqeen, and he wanted to show him a miracle. And he could have given him this miracle uh, abruptly, suddenly, surprisingly, in the court of Fir'aun or in the competition with the magicians. That would be the first time he observes that or he witnesses it. Then he would be what? Frightened himself. So he was prepping him. This was a rehearsal for the actual performance in front of it's not a performance, performance has like a negative connotation like a little bit commercial performance but rather I would say the demonstration of the miracle in front of Firaun before that let's do a dry run so uh, this is what Allah Ta'ala said what do you have in your right hand? what do you have in your right hand O Musa? he said this is my stick so all the scholars have seen this one thing everyone mentions that you know, you're supposed to answer the question, whatever the question was asked, and that's it. You don't go on giving a long story. That was never even asked. Why are you going off the topic? I didn't ask you that. That's a normal etiquette of speech. Um, so, uh, so who, who is this with you? So if you say, oh, you know, he is my son, and he is so, and you know, I'm a proud parent because my son has an honor roll, and you know, he's doing so well in school, and mashallah, he's the best in the whole family. And you know, you know, he actually had his first fast last week, and he finished the Nazara of Quran as well. And uh, you know, Subhanallah, he's you know, he he's the one who actually gets up. Everyone has hard to get up for suhoor. He wakes everyone up. This young boy. I didn't ask you all of that, right? <laughs> I just asked you, who's this? So same thing <laughs> happened here. Allah Taala just said, What's in your right hand? Should have been a period. Full stop. This is my stick. But the thing is, he was so much enjoying the conversation. And he was having uh, such an experience, exhilarating experience. This is, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا He is the Kalim Allah. 
Because amongst all the Anbiya والسلام, the only prophets who spoke directly to Allah in such a manner was number one, of course, no one can surpass who? Habibullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabiyuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ahmadul Mushtaba, Muhammadul Mustafa, Sayyidul Awaleen, Sayyidul Akhirin, and Afdalul Khalqi, Ajma'in. He spoke directly to Allah Ta'ala. Fawha ila abdihi ma awha in Mi'raj. And besides Rasulullah sallallahu the only other Nabi who spoke directly to Allah in such a manner is Musa alayhi So he was enjoying the conversation so much that he wanted to extend it. Now, I just give an example, a very sweet and genuine and nice loving example. The father, he's going on and on about his son. That is a very halal example. And then of course there are haram examples you don't want to give. Where somebody is... Just a simple question and then you're lengthening the conversation because you are who is enjoying it? Not the qalb is enjoying it, the nafs. The nafs may be enjoying the conversation so it's an unnecessary extension of the conversation. This is with the ishq majazi, the worldly love, lust. But this is the ishq haqiqi, the true love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we cannot blame him that he wanted to continue to enjoy it. That is also comes in the tafsir of the hadith of Mi'raj that when Rasulullah was coming down from Allah Ta'ala with the command of what? Hamsuna salatan, 50 salat per day. Then when he met Musa salam, he said, what have you come with your Lord? He said, I have come with the commandment of 50 prayers a day. Uh, so Musa salam said, you know, speak to the experienced one. I have experience in this. <laughs> with Bani Israel, they gave me so much trouble. Allah Ta'ala said, لَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ مُوسَى Don't be like those who troubled Musa They gave him a lot of trouble. He said, your ummah la tatiqu dhalik will not have the ability to do that. Go back, ask Allah for relaxation. This is well known. We heard this in Laylatul Miraj and growing up. I'm sure maybe you have heard this hadith. So then he would go back and then he came back with 45. Then he said, no, no, you go back 40, huh? 35, 30, the whole... Multiplication table of five. <laughs> Reverse though. <laughs> so then we, when he comes to ten and after that, he comes back with five. So then uh, um, he says, go back. They can't even do five prayers a day. Was he right? <laughs> it's a trick question. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Very few are grateful servants of Allah. It's true that majority of the Ummah is not able to perform. Sad situation. Majority of the Ummah is not able to perform five times or so. Day. So Musa in that regard was right. But he said, I, can, I feel I cannot go back. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him in the last time, Ya Muhammad sallallahu five salawat are prescribed upon you. Waman ja'a bi hasanati falahu ashru amthali. I will get ten times minimum the reward. So if you perform the five, you'll get the reward of fifty. So in that tafsir is mentioned that why was Musa having so much concern for this ummah? Was he that genuine concern and love? Yes, he had love for all of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the primary reason was that when Rasulullah was coming back from the direct kalam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the Sidratul Muntaha, that is the highest possible level any human being has ever achieved. No one has before, no one shall ever. Uh, and he had such a tajalliyat rabbaniya and such a divine glow on him that just being in his company was so rejuvenating spiritually for Musa alayhi salam 
that he wanted to continue to have more and more enjoyment and dose after dose after dose and to benefit from that. So he kept on sending him back. So every time he would come back, he would receive that spiritual nourishment. That is why he kept on sending him back. So over here, he wanted to extend it. That's why, you know, first of all, when he was enjoying the kalam here, he wanted to extend it. This continues his practice. When later on, when he's talking to Allah Ta'ala in Jabal Tur, he's the only prophet who has said, Rabbi arini anzur ilayk. Oh my Lord, allow me to see you. I want to see you. So why did he make such a request? Because he was enjoying the conversation so much, distance conversation, he wanted to see the being he's talking to. Just like happens in the worldly love as well. So, so the kalam, the, so that's why the thing is, people when they, you know, they end up having so much heartache and pain. The thing is, uh, we're not going to deny it and say, oh, there, you know, there is no reality of love. There is. But the problem is that why did you fall in love in the first place? Then you are in difficulty that she got married somewhere else, you got married somewhere else, and then you're crying. Right? So, so that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us all of the commandments of hijab and Allah ta'ala has given us all of these injunctions and to avoid the free mixing and this and that because our minds and our hearts can remain pure for the one that we are eventually going to marry and all our love can be for that individual. Otherwise, if the more we are enjoying the other conversations, whether they are cousins, whether they are family members, whether they are um, oh, co-workers or classmates, then all of those memories are all mixed up in one's heart and mind, can never be removed. Whether it's a female who's having these experiences, or a man who's having the experiences, whether a boy or a girl, young man, young or old man, old woman, whoever, at any age, whatever these enjoyment they're having, these conversations, these experiences, are all becoming imprinted in their heart and will affect their marriage that may be existing if this is happening extramaritally, or if it's happening premarital, it will affect their future marriage. Either way, it will have its effect. So, how does it go? Nadratun, it was a glance. Fabtisamun, then the smile. Fawadun, then the promise to meet. Faliqa'u, then the meeting. Right? So these are the stages. For <laughs> it says. So the thing is, this is, this is um, so if you keep ourselves pure, then who, who are we saving from pain? Ourselves. So what did Allah Ta'ala say? Oh, you want to see me? You cannot see me in this world. Look at the mountain. So a reflection of the reflection of Allah is a tajalli was placed on the mountain. And the whole mountain shook and crumbled. And Musa fell down unconscious. When he came back, into regain consciousness. He said, Tubtu ilayk, O Allah, make tawbah. And I'm the first one. Awwal al-Muslimin. I submit that it is impossible to see you with these worldly mortal eyes. So over here, he, he, when he was asked, what is in your right hand? He said, it is my stick. I lean upon it. I hit the branches and the leaves fall for my sheep when I graze them. And I have a lot of other benefits I derive from this stick. So these were all the unnecessary information provided. Courtesy of Musa Sam's love of enjoying the conversation. Then after that Allah Ta'ala says, قَالَ أَلْقِهَا يَا مُوسَىٰ O Musa, throw it down. So he threw it, 
It became a big snake. It actually turned into a snake. Whereas the wording of the Quran when it comes to uh, the, the magicians of the time Musa the khayal was created it was made to look as if they were snakes but over here it wasn't made to look it actually uh, there was a uh, morphed into turned into a what a huge big serpent so Musa was afraid was running away from it what happened he got shocked Allah Ta'ala said, Khudha, grab it. Wala takhaf, do not be afraid. Sanu'iduha seerata al-ula, we shall turn it back to the stick. So there was a gigantic serpent with mouth open, tongue darting in and out, venomous, and he has to go and just grab it from his head. How in the world is he going to do that? It was very difficult for him, but he fulfilled the order of Allah and it turned back into a staff, a stick. Then Allah Ta'ala this was the first miracle. The second one, وَضْمُمْ يَدَكَ إِلَىٰ جَنَاحِكَ Take your hand and put it on your side. تَخْرُجْ بَيْضَاءً مِنْ غَيْرِ It'll come out, it'll be shining bright like the sun. مِنْ غَيْرِ means it's not because of any sickness. It's not that, you know, he loses the pigment of his skin and became white. No, that's not what happened. مِنْ آيَاتِنَا الْكُبْرَىٰ We are showing you these signs. Why? إِذْهَبْ إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ Go to Fir'aun and invite him towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Musa made dua, Rabbi Shrahli Sadri, O my Lord, expand my chest, make my task easy for me. O Allah, my uh, stutter that I have in my tongue, open that for me as well. Yafqahu qawli, so they may understand my speech. Grant me my brother Harun as my supporter. Aisha radiallahu anha narrates that one time she heard one Bedouin. He was saying, which brother has been the most helpful for his brother? People said, we're not sure in the entire history of the world who has been the most the most benefit he gave his brother. So he said, Ana wallahi adri, wallahi I know. So Aisha who heard over was hearing the, overhearing this conversation, she says, Fasta'dhamtu minhu al I was shocked by how audacious, how bravely he's making such a claim. Yeah, I would assume him to say that Allahu Adam, Allah knows best. Why did he say, Wallahi, I know? And then he said, Hua Musa. It is Musa who made dua for his brother Harun. And then she said, Subhanallah, Allah, he has spoken the truth. Um, so there are many, many lessons from this story. It keeps on going. I mean, the story is so enjoyable that we ended up going a bit slower than usual and cover more ayat, perhaps. You're not going to be able to cover so many ayat. But jumping forward, there's one part here. Uh, I always remind myself and everyone that when Allah Ta'ala spoke to, Fir- uh, to, spoke to Musa and Harun and gave them instructions, this is your hidayah, this is your mission, objective. What did he say? He said, فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا When you go to Fir'aun, speak to him nicely, kindly, softly. Right. Even though he is Fir'aun. So Mamun Rashid, when someone, when someone was advising him, you know, speaking harshly to him, he said that, okay, I'm a sinner and you are a great person. But I want to ask you, am I worse than Fir'aun? He said, no. He said, are you better than Musa and Harun? He said, no. Then Musa and Harun are better than you when they're advised to speak to Fir'aun who's worse than me. He was, they were advised by Allah to speak kindly and softly. So how do you think you should speak to me? This is the condition of the king. He knew the tafsir of Surah Taha. 
And then another thing we learn is how to respond wisely when in the court of the king. It's unfortunate I have to jump ayahs. I can't do the whole story. But there's one ayah here where um, subhanallah when Fir'aun wanted to catch him, right? He made a political move that he wanted to make Musa salam say that every, all your forefathers are burning in hell. And that would really uh, put him in a negative position. Because when he invited him towards Tawheed and said, believing in shirk is haram. So he said, oh really? Fir'aun said, what about all of our past generations? So all the people who are in the court, he's talking about their parents too. Where are they? So uh, Musa alayhi salam, he, if he said that whoever dies on shirk is going to Jahannam, all right, then that would technically be what? Absolutely correct answer. This is very important because sometimes the ulama and the mashayikh, um, when, uh, if there is, for example, a press conference or you're on a live interview or something, depending on the situation, they may give an answer. All, there are some people who have the wisdom of how to approach a scenario and what to say, when to say, how to say it without being incorrect. You cannot lie. You cannot end up saying something with a false aqidah, but there is a way to respond. And if there are people who have some knowledge of deen, half-baked knowledge, but they don't have the full knowledge and wisdom, when they hear that response, they'll say, hey, you know what? He didn't stand up for the truth. He's a scaredy cat, diplomat, dipl- trying to be so diplomatic, politically correct, PC. He sold his faith. And you know, he just for worldly gain. He didn't speak the truth and you know, he's afraid of this or that. Why didn't he say it as it is? He's a weakling, his iman is weak. Is Musa's iman weak? No. But you have to speak appropriately based on the setting. So look what he said. Firon, this was a complete setup. Musa understood because... Um, uh, there, I mean, there, the whole context. Basically, in the context, he's talking about what? Tawheed. You must believe in Allah. You cannot believe in false gods. And f- starting with Pharaoh, you're not God right there. <laughs> so then he said, That's fine. You know what? Let me ask you a question. What's going to happen to all our past generations? Because these people, per, per your statement, you may guide them and they may enter heaven. Why in the world he's worried about past people? They're gone, right? So why are you so concerned about the people who died? Because he wants to paint Musa in a negative light. Because everyone loves their parents. And if you're going to tell them, hey, your parents are burning in hell, that's not going to go down too well. So he said, He said, the complete knowledge of all the unseen, the question you're asking, it lies with my Rabb. He does not forget and he knows exactly what's happening. Why are you asking me? So did he say anything wrong? He didn't say anything wrong. He gave a correct answer, but it was correct from the perspective of what should be answered in that gathering, in that scenario, in that setting. This is the hikmah. Allah Ta'ala says, يُؤْتِلْ حِكْمَةَ مَنْ يَشَاءَ He grants wisdom to whomsoever he wishes. وَمَنْ يُؤْتِلْ حِكْمَةَ فَقَدْ أُوْتِيَا Whoever is granted wisdom has been granted abundant goodness. May Allah Ta'ala grant us the hikmah to know how to speak and where to speak and what to say and what not to say. Then Hassan Basir he makes the comment here about the, the magicians when uh, the Musa salam's serpent ate up all their fake ma- ma- magical serpents and snakes. 
And when Firaun was trying to do damage control, what did he say? I'm going to hang all of you. Cut your hands and feet. First amputate your hands and your feet, torture, then hang you and kill you eventually. He didn't just easily kill them. You know, just uh, hang them. No, first torture, then kill. What did they say? They said, we will never give up the haq and the truth of iman that Allah has granted us. Go ahead and decree whatever you want to do. Whatever punishment you want to give us is limited to this worldly life. We have a complete iman in our Rabb. We hope He will forgive our sins. And all of the magic that you compelled us to be involved in, compelled us, akrah, ikrah, that you forced us to do. So, Hassan Basri says, Subhanallah, these were kuffar, they did not worship Allah, besides the one says that they made in their entire life, they recited the kalima, they became the sahaba, companions of Musa salam. they reached the highest level of, of wilaya through the suhbah of Musa salam by accepting the truth, then they were crowned with the blessing of Shahada. What about us that we are studying and uh, Islam and studying the Quran, listening, how much has our iman increased? Within a few moments, they surpassed all of us. They achieved such great heights of religiosity and ta'aluq ma'allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted them. So then after that, subhanAllah, we see that just like things in this dunya have chemical properties. And you mix things in chemistry and they have chemical properties and then you create different combinations of things. Whether it's medicines, like pharmaceutical industry or even like um, perfumes. Different flowers, different herbs, different things have different fragrances that are captured and put together. So likewise, it's very interesting that uh, when somebody, it's mentioned in Surah Taha, when he took, uh, when he saw something, he says here, Musa finally caught some and he said, where did you come up with this? I saw something the other people missed, the Banu Israel. When I saw the angel Jibreel coming on his horse, wherever he put his foot, what happened? The dead, dry sand became lush, green grass and black soil. So he said, I noticed that there were some chemical properties of giving life-giving properties. The reason I'm mentioning this, most of the time these very specific details are found in weak narrations or Israeli narrations where they come up with a lot of detail. But this is not an Israeli narration or tradition or even a hadith, this is where? Quranic ayah. That Rasul, the messenger, Jibreel the Rasul is Jibreel here because he's the Rasul of Allah too, the angel, uh, messenger, uh, angel. So wherever he was putting his foot, the sand was turning green soil and with grass. So I said, wow, this has some specific properties. Let me capture this, maybe it'll come handy. Then when they had, a, there was a golden calf, I, I mixed it with it and and when we made it, then what happened? It ended up having lifelike properties. It started making sounds. So this was the property of the miraculous, miraculous soil, 
that was captured and used for this evil purpose by somebody. Subhanallah. This is what my nafs made me do. Then moving forward to conclude, I think uh, we'll stop with Surah Taha instead of going to Anbiya as well. So in a few more ayats about Surah Taha, we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the Day of Judgment. This earth will be destroyed and new earth Allah will establish. So the plane of the Day of Judgment, sometimes people say it's Arafat. Arafat will be destroyed too. The point of Arafat is that it's supposed to remind you of the Day of Judgment. But the Day of Judgment is not established in Arafat because the Quran says, Arafat is part of this earth. The whole earth will be destroyed and a new earth will be established. And that will be nor will there be any mountains or valleys. Arafat is all mountain and valley. It's the valley of Arafat. The Quran says there's no mountain or valley. Why? Because you can hide behind the mountains and the valleys and there's no place to hide. And then there will be a caller who will say, Come for the Hashar. Everyone will be responding to the call of the Da'i. The inviter. You cannot escape. All of the sounds will be hushed. Absolute silence. You cannot hear anything except for the eerie one sound of the footsteps walking. So you have billions upon billions of people walking towards the Maidan of Hashar, but not a single person is speaking, not a single person is talking to anyone. You can't hear anything, except for the footsteps, only footsteps everywhere. So this is very eerie silence. Um, somebody said, what about the Yawm Tanad, the day of proclamation, shouting, Ya Wailana, crying. Yes, that's another scene. But guess what? Yawm Al-Qiyamah is what? Miqdaruhu khamsina al-fasana 50,000 year long day. Innahum yarawnahu ba'eeda They think it is very far away. Wanarahu qariba I say it is very near. That is the day khamsuna al-miqdaruhu khamsina al-fasana 50,000 year long day. So there are going to be many different scenes. One scene here is in the beginning it's absolute Silence. The another scene is that people will be screaming, calling out, Where are gods? Where is Shaitan not helping us? This, that. Different people will be saying different things. So there are different scenes of the Day of Judgment. Then Allah Ta'ala says that Rasulullah, he was very, very hasty. When the Jibreel was reciting the Quran, he was trying to catch up, trying to learn it. This concept is mentioned this also in Surah Al Qiyamah. Over here, Allah Ta'ala says, Wala ta'ajal bil Quran. O Muhammad, quietly listen. Don't try to repeat the words just to capture the lesson. You're afraid you're going to forget it. Don't worry. Just calmly listen to Jibreel I promise, I promise, this is my promise and pledge. It will be preserved in your heart. And say, Rabbi zidni ilma. So this is a very beautiful dua. Everyone knows we heard in school. Hopefully we learn. If not, we learn today. Ayah 114, Surah Taha. This is a command of Allah. Qul, say, Rabbi zidni ilma. Rabbi zidni mala. No. <laughs> Rabbi zidni mala is uh, the, the dua of the materialism. And Rabbi zidni ilma is a dua taught to Allah Ta'ala, by Allah Ta'ala to us in the Quran. And last now, last rukur is subhanAllah, very, very uh, warning for us. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي And whoever turns a blind eye to my remembrance, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ He will have a very difficult, straightened life. Dhanka means tight. Things are tight. 
So this is the exact opposite of الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُّ قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ That the hearts will find contentment with the dhikr of Allah. And over here it is وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ Whoever turns from, away from a dhikr, his hearts will be desolate, the hearts will be full of anxiety. وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى On the day of judgment he shall be resurrected blind. Blind. What, why? Qala, he will say, Rabbi lima hasharatani a'ma. Oh my Lord, why you raised me blind? Waqad kuntu basira. In the world I could see. So I should be able to see today. Qala kathalika tatka ayatuna. Ayat 124, 25, 126. Kathalika tatka ayatuna. This is how my ayat came to you in the worldly life. You, uh, you ignored them. You turned your eyes away from them like you were blind. فَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى The way you ignored my ayat today, you will be ignored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala allow us to awaken from our slumber and allow us to benefit from the verses and not to turn a blind eye to these ayat, to take heed before it is too late.